When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. Welcome back to Fright School. Hello, Joe. Hi, Joshua. Good morning. Good morning. That's right. It's uh, we're up. We're up early for California, uh, but that's all right because it's worth it. Because the amazing one half of the Jersey Ghouls herself, Miss Jackie, is here. We're so excited to see you. It's been too long. Hi. It has. Hello, spooky friends. I am super, super excited because it has. It has been. Far, far too long. Um, you know, there's been a little chat on Facebook. There's been a little chat in our uh, creeps group. But to actually see your faces, it is quite lovely, uh, even via Zoom, to see you guys again. And, and thank you. I'm super, super excited to be here. Yeah. Uh, it's so good to see you. I <laughs> I just want to sit here and just look at you. Like, I know, look, let's there just she stare. is. Let's just have a friendly <laughs> stare. Stare at each other. Um, I mean, you know, I, I also was just like completely delighted to see jig jillen balls in the chat again like there we Jake go Jake <laughs> yes. i've still never changed it it's sadly i don't know maybe it's not sad but like i've had like professional meetings with people um like i have meetings with a dietitian, and we do it via zoom and i didn't even think about changing my name because when i go on zoom Jake Gyllenhaal's goes on zoom and i didn't even think of it and it took like three sessions and then she was like um, so your name is different. And I was like, um, you know what? I'm going to roll with it. I'm not even going to hide behind the fact that like, I can't take life seriously. So yeah. Hi, Jake Gyllenhaal's. How you doing? Yes. <laughs> it might be a different name on my insurance card, but that's fine. It, it, it'll it'll yes. all wash out and you know, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. When I'm on yeah. zoom, I identify as Jake Gyllenhaal's. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Yeah, I like this. I like contextual identities, you know, um, a TED talk that I'm going to bring to you in 2024. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be more to that, right, Joe? Like, you've heard that, like contextual identities. I've never heard that before. I don't know. I'm not in a master's program, Joshua, so. Uh, 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 are you going to throw that in my face? Yes. <laughs> no, that's supposed, it's supposed to be the other way around. I'm supposed to throw that in people's faces, but. <laughs> I don't. I'm too fucking tired to uh, try to make people feel bad that they don't that they're not in this program. From all the reading, my brain is like, you know. But see, reading thing, is bad. Reading is right? bad. Watching is yeah. good. I'm kidding. Yeah, the, the good thing is, is though, yeah, it's like I always have space for horror. And in fact, I'm infecting like my whole program with like horror knowledge. Like Yay. last week. Last week we sat around and we talked about, I don't even know how it came up, but like, I don't know these people. They're not actually in my classes. They're part of a different cohort, but some of the classes, the way it's structured, because people are all in different programs. I'm on a two-year track, like an accelerated track, other people on a three, some people are on a four. So we're in some classes with people that have already been there, like for a few semesters because of their track. So they're not even people I have classes with, but we were just sitting around chatting. And all of a sudden we were in this like deep conversation about get out and horror and all this stuff and they're like we've never thought about it this way i'm like ah i got a show for you um, <laughs> my time has come <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it just keeps happening because then other people because the program is so small that other people talk you know so of course it's like oh you're the guy you like horror right and then all of a sudden i'm in another deep conversation about you know horror films so i, I mean it's like it's, oh it's you're the spooky queer yes you're yeah. the one oh. right <laughs> exactly um uh, but you know we didn't come here to talk about me we do that on all the other episodes um jackie what's been new with you what's going on what's happening 
Um, you know what? I I wish that I had some some more exciting stories, but I'm just I'm just adulting, you know, going to wow. work and um I, I think I've said it before that like in my free time, just trying to fill my free time with things that that make me happy. You know, it's like oh, I I love that I have you know, I have a couple different hobbies. Obviously I am, I am a bookworm and an avid reader. So I spend as much time as possible consuming that. Um, I like podcasting. So I have a couple of podcasts, so I spend my time doing that. So yeah, really just mostly posting pictures of my dog on Instagram. Like that's just, it's just the, the things that make me happy. That's what I'm doing. So aside from the boring, regular adult stuff that we all have to do, just, you know, Trying to be a good person, make myself smile, make everybody else smile. The usual. Oh, I, I think love the that. things that everybody wants. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And yeah, so that is, of course, the Jersey Ghouls and the list we missed, where mm-hmm. you watch films that you didn't didn't see when they first came out. Or is that like how how exactly do you describe yeah, so with what's your list, elevator pitch? <laughs> the elevator. So here it is. So it's uh me and one of my best friends, AJ. Um, so part of the dynamic of the show is we have a male and female best friends situation. There's also a 10 year age gap between us. And our tagline is that we finally watch the films that everyone else already has. The whole concept, the where we got our name from is that, you know, you're sitting around talking with friends and somebody starts talking about, I don't know, Citizen Kane. And you're like, oh, I have never seen Citizen Kane. And then they do that. You have never seen Citizen Kane, but you watch movies. You have eyeballs. How have you not seen Citizen Kane? And it's the same thing that we all say where it's like, oh, you know what? You know, I'll put that on the list and I'll watch it. And let's be real. We never watch it. We never go back to that list. Fuck that list. We just say it to be polite and placate our friends that have like, you know, pick your floor, pick your mouth up off the floor. Um, So, yeah. So. We have compiled a list of, uh, there's so many lists or so many movies on the list at this point. We basically went back about like 40 years and we looked up, you know, the top grossing films of the year, the blockbusters, the cult classics, everything that we haven't seen because between AJ and I, I mean, you know me, I'll just continually, continuously watch Con Air every single day and I'm perfectly (laughs) fine skipping out on all sorts of movies to just watch Nicolas Cage and and AJ will just sit there and he'll just watch the Lego movie and and Avatar The Last Airbender and and so we finally decided you know we're going to be grown-ups and we are going to go back and rectify and and watch and and it's been it's been really fun um we are in season two we have about 25-ish episodes and we have watched you know things like Taxi Driver Slumdog Millionaire. For some reason, we keep watching a lot of Leonardo DiCaprio movies, which I don't mind, but AJ is not a big fan of Leonardo DiCaprio. So, mm. but some we've really liked, um, some we really haven't liked. I've been surprised by things. I really thought that I would enjoy when Harry met Sally because we had never seen that. And I was like, you know what? I'm here for Billy Crystal. Like, give me a good 80s Billy Crystal. And I ended up really, really disliking when Harry met Sally. But uh, but oh, wow. it's also It's also given me like a weird love of Quentin Tarantino. I've never really been a huge fan. I would tell people that I like Reservoir Dogs and that's it. But we've watched some movies and uh, Quentin Tarantino and I've I've really enjoyed them. And I'm like kind of going back and watching some. And and actually the the next episode of Jersey Ghouls that come out, we are going to do another Tarantino episode. Uh, So I'm, I'm very excited because I've been surprisingly enjoying him which i never thought i would say but but yeah so with the list we missed the second and the fourth sundays of every month we're coming out with movies that we're finally catching up with everybody else uh hey i love that um you know you mentioned um nicholas cage i know you're a fan it must be the last couple of years, it must be so like satisfying to be a Nicolas Cage fan because like his whole career has had this like bizarre indie renaissance and everybody's like, wow, why did we like hate this guy for all that? You know, I mean, in mainstream like conversations, yeah. I'm seeing a lot more love for Nicolas Cage than I think we've seen in a long time. It's like finally everyone is like, because everyone's, he's weird. He's a weird yeah. guy. He's like a weird method actor. He's, he's a strange man. He takes strange roles. But for some reason now, like we, I don't want to say we, because I've always, but um, <laughs> like mainstream is like accepting the weird. They were like, yeah. okay, that's your thing. We're going to, we're going to latch on to it. I mean, with, with, um, 
I never get the title right. The unbearable weight of a massive talent. Like, oh yeah. Every like it it that's that's him being super weird and everybody loving him being super weird. And I'm like, I I told you guys. Like I'm like not to be all history, <laughs> but like I've told you guys, he's super fun. Like you can't look at Nicolas Cage and expect Sydney Poitier level performance. Like it's Nick Cage. Like let's look at the Nick Cage canon. It's Nick Cage. Like, please just accept it for what it is yeah. and enjoy it. Like, not everything has to have layers. Sometime we can just, we can enjoy just the package and. It can just it. be. It can just be. It, a it thing. can. It can just be. And if nothing else, it is. it has led me to Etsy far too many times for Nicolas Cage merchandise. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, but that's the thing. I mean, I haven't seen it yet, but that pig movie, everybody was like talking about. You know, mm-hmm. and that it is this like incredible performance that shouldn't, you know, be possible, I guess, but it is, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I really love that. I love when like, you know, somebody ha- goes through like a time where everybody's like, oh, you know, I hate you or you're garbage. And then they have like this renaissance where people reevaluate, you know, there's lots, obviously a lot of movies we love go through those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we just have to give it time before people are like, oh yeah, that is a great movie. Or yeah, obviously actors, music, you know, lots of things where sometimes it just takes time. So it's just been really interesting. I, I just have to think that all the, all the Nicholas uh, Cage fans that I know, and I know quite a few um, must just feel really like vindicated yeah. <laughs> uh, on the, on, on a, uh, the opposite note, you were just, uh, you just went and saw Pearl Jam, right? Not too long ago. Yeah. How was that show? Oh, such a they play show. like forever, right? They play big set lists. Oh, they do. They do. It was great. So they, uh, they were scheduled to play, I think like the official schedule said they were supposed to go on at like 845, I think. And they rolled out a little after nine and they start playing a couple songs. And at some point they were, they literally were like, Hey, we're sorry that we came out late. Um, but don't worry, we have already paid the violation fee for the curfew and oh. we're going to keep on keeping on. Um, wow. I mean, famously, there was a show they did. I think it was and I can't remember. It was 2003, maybe might have been 2008. I don't remember which tour, but they played out in State College, Pennsylvania for and they played for about three hours like this. It was wow. just a monster show. Um, but no, it was it was it was super fun. It was emotional it was the energy was fantastic and it was just it was an all-around good show I have thus far in my 30 plus times seeing them have not had a bad time so knock on wood that you know it just keeps on being good but it's it's one of the I think since the pandemic started it's only the second show I've been back to Marissa and I went to see um the new kids on the block mixtape tour over 4th of July weekend. And that yeah. was the first show since the pandemic happened. Uh, and that was insane because we were right up close to the stage. And I was like, I will marry you, Rick Astley. Absolutely. Let's, let's, let's get married. Let's do um, <laughs> and I swear, Jordan Knight smiled at me. He looked at me. We made eye contact. We had that. We had a moment and he smiled at me. And I was like, yeah, but Rick Astley. Uh, but no, so this, this Pro Jam show was only the second live show that I've seen. And it was like, it was very important to me. Like I said, I've, I've seen them so many times and every time it's it's a fantastic experience so and this time the venue they were at is one that I've been going to since I was in high school it has changed names a thousand times because whatever bank owns it at the me and my friends we still call it the tweeter center because that's what it was called when we were in high school I think it's now called the freedom mortgage pavilion (laughs) it's the Camden waterfront it's a wonderful outdoor venue and it was it was an absolutely beautiful beautiful night it was you know you're sitting right there the water's there you look over you get the Philly skyline um yeah it was a fantastic show I that makes me so happy oh sorry Joe you go ahead Uh, no I was going to say that um I was just going to go backtrack a little bit because your posts from the mixtape tour were my favorite thing um I (laughs) listened I listened to um, I listened to a show on a podcast called um, Troubled Waters with Dave Holmes, and Dave Holmes went to the mixtape tour, and he talked about how awesome it was and how it was like a concert experience that he that he couldn't have ever anticipated because it felt like you were listening to a mixtape. How they were able to mm-hmm. weave everything through. 
Um, and so like seeing that play out also in your posts uh, from that and just the blast that you two looked like it just it was like the most fun like post vaccination like summer <laughs> like joy that I saw online. So I just want to say that I um, I was like so happy when you were posting all of that. And I'll tell you that was like last minute spontaneous. It was it was Fourth of July weekend. And I'm all set to go to my aunt and uncle's house for the 4th of July party that I do every year. And Marissa calls me. She's like, what are you doing tonight? I'm like, well, I'm going to my aunt and uncle's now. But other than that, and she's like, you want to go see new kids in Atlantic City? And I was like, "Uh, oh, yes. And she's like, these tickets (laughs) fell in my lap. She's like, general admission, tickets fell in my lap. Like, we, it's funny that Marissa and I are really not one for, like, the spontaneity. Like, we generally Mm -hmm. were, like, planners. And she's like, dude, fuck it, let's just go. And I'm like, okay, fuck it, let's go. And we kind of just made our plans. I, I did go to my family's barbecue for a bit, but I was like, sorry, guys, I can't stick around. I'm going to see new kids. And <laughs> peace out. Uh, and yeah, it was, I mean, it, it, it was well worth the nightmare of getting home because I only live about an hour from Atlantic City. And I think it took us that long to get out of the parking garage. Oh, shit. Um, but you know what we made we we had fun because we just rolled the windows down we put on an 80s playlist from spotify and we just sang to the entire parking garage so we had a good time oh you're those people i love that yeah. when we get i'm um, so um i love that you talk about the the uh is it like an amphitheater that you were at the one that changed name the one that you went to when you were in high school Oh yeah, yeah, the one in Camden. Oh, okay. Yeah, it has it has like the you know there's the the the, the seats, shell. The seats, and it has okay. the cover over the you know roof over the seats, and then the lawn is super wide open. And actually, over the years, they've added like the concessions in the back now because you and when I was in high school, we used to go and just play, you know get the cheap ass twenty dollar lawn seats for whatever show we felt like going to see, and we would go and we would sit up against the back wall. Because then you'd have a little support. Although now you can rent chairs. Like they've made it, you know, they've made it nicer. You can you can get wine if you want to be so fancy to drink oh. wine at a Pearl Jam show. I mean, Eddie drinks wine at the Pearl Jam. Yeah, show. he drinks like, on. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he, him and stage, a, the, the, the bottle of red wine is a staple, and, and it's funny. My brother was in a Pearl Jam tribute band, and he always did. The, if, if Eddie did it, my brother did it. So he would have his bottle of red wine that he would put right next to his fucking bud light and (laughs) yeah that's that's so sweet yeah Mm -hmm. um but we have like similar here so in chula vista there is a (laughs) when it yeah when it opened it was called the cores uh cores amphitheater cores amphitheater and it became the cricket wireless amphitheater then it was sleep train mattress and then it was mattress firm and now it's the north (laughs) island credit union amphitheater Mm-hmm. But we all just call it the Chula Vista Amphitheater. Like, I don't know anybody who's ever really called it whatever it is. We're always like, oh, we're going to go see a show in Chula Vista at the amphitheater. And then everybody knows. But they kind of have the same thing where it's like, you know, there's a grass area and now there's concessions. But I think it kind of started similarly uh, yeah. to what you're saying, just like a, a venue. But it, it just it, keeps it changing. It's really nice. It does. Yeah. Like I said, we anybody that's like around my age, anybody that's somewhere between like 45 and probably like 38, like it's the Tweeter Center because that's what it was when we were in high school. And it's just yeah. and it's funny because I got an email, you know, leading up to the show, just reminding you about, you know, bag size and don't bring blankets and don't bring chairs and rent them. And the emails will come from I think it was like Freedom Mortgage Pavilion, formerly <laughs> The BTT amphitheater, yeah, like it's just it, it it's had so many names, and it, it's just guys. You either call it the Twitter Center or it's the Camden Waterfront. Like, just say you're going to see a show at the Camden Waterfront, and you know what it means because the Camden yeah. Waterfront has a couple of like it has our aquarium. I think there there's one of the big battleships there, and then there's the the concert venue. So just you're going to the Camden waterfront. Everybody knows what it means. I just love that. That's yeah. That's gotta be a thing in every state and every city that has like a big, you know, cause that's what happened. They, it changes all the time. I mean, there's a whole history that I just looked up for the Chula Vista Amphitheater. Cause it's like, I wonder what it started as. And, you know, it changes all the time. And even like the entertainment now, like they did, uh, Joe, I don't know when the last time you were there, but I was just there to see, um, I saw the chicks and, there was something else we just went to see. Oh my God. We're, we go to so many concerts. I, I forget. Um, we're going to be there Sunday night for. Um, Iron Maiden. 
Iron Maiden. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyways, what was my point? Oh, just that it changes a lot. Anyways, that everybody, yes. but that's just a thing. Oh, I remember the, the entertainment is now like brought to you by Sequan Casino. They put a big like Sequan sticker on the wall. So it's like North Island Credit Union Amphitheater presented by Sequan Casino. I did when we were there. <laughs> I like, noticed what? that it's, it's the Freedom Mortgage Pavilion. Yeah. But when you go in, I, I noticed like a ton of like mattress warehouse, like just, ma- I didn't even say like presented by or what, there was just yeah. big signs for mattress warehouse everywhere. And I'm like, okay, like just, that's fine. Just give me the music. Like that's, here's, here's my too much money for a too big drink. So let's just, it's fine. Let's just, okay. I did. I felt like they had, uh, they 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 have like, you know, the, I'm sure your amphitheater has the same thing where you can't have bottles, nothing glass. So they sell cans of everything. Yeah. And my friend and I that went, she wanted to grab a beer. And I'm like, okay, they've got white claws. Like I said, it's a beautiful night. We had just come from dinner. I'm like, I've got a full belly. I can handle a drink and not, you know, feel sick or anything. And I'm like, yeah, I'll take a, you know, black cherry white claw. So they hand me like the 24 ounce, like monster (laughs) bottle of white claw. And I was like, okay, well, this is going to be, I'm going to take a while. Like it felt ridiculous in my hand like I felt so small because I'm used to the little white claws the skinny yeah, yeah this yeah, was yeah. a 24 ounce this was like a two-hander I was like I should and of course like like a big gulp of white claw <laughs> it was like I wasn't ready I wasn't ready for the big gulp of white claw I mean it was tasty but honestly by the time I got to the bottom of it like it had taken me so long to drink it I'm like well this is warm I'm like this isn't this really isn't uh, fun yeah. anymore but <laughs> that happened uh, to me oh go ahead yeah, that happened to me at um, the Hollywood Bowl. So um, that's another big like amphitheater, very famous. You know, the Doors have like a film mm-hmm. that they felt recorded there. I'm sure you've heard of the Hollywood Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, uh, I went to get some wine and I didn't realize they were only selling it by the bottle, but they don't give you the bottle. So the guy, and he didn't even really tell me, I was like, you know, I'll have a glass of Pinot Noir, you know? And so he like turns around to like get it. And then he turns around and he had taken this giant plastic cup and just poured the whole bottle of wine into it. And that's what he sold me. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, what's happening here? And he's like, what's well, a bottle? We don't, they didn't, weren't selling it by the glass. It was, you had to buy the whole bottle, but they couldn't give you the bottle. It was insane. I'm like, but it's just me. What am I going to do with this? So I'm like walking around and thankfully I kind of made friends, you know, with the, uh, the women's seated next to me. This was for the garbage, uh, Alanis Morissette show. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, great time to get white girl wasted on wine, of course. Yeah. So I was just like, you want some wine? <laughs> like they give this big fucking plastic, big gulp basically of yeah. red wine. So, but, um, I ended up drinking most of it myself. I'll be honest. And, uh, <laughs> I thankfully was at a hotel in walking distance. So I just uh, made my way back to the bedroom and or the hotel room and crashed out, but yeah. Oh, good times. Youth, mm-hmm. um, are trying to be youthful in our, in our dotages, right. in our dowries. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. It's so good to catch up with you. I, um, uh, yeah, it's just so lovely. So let's take a quick break and we will be right back to, uh, dive into ghostbusters. Yay. 1984. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> Meanwhile, in New Jersey... So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and, oh, the practical effects. (sighs) Um, and also the male gaze? My gaze at the males... Hi-oh! From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. All right, welcome back. So I'm so excited uh, because October 2022, y'all, our Halloween series, our, you know, spooky season, we've decided to devote to... Films that, you know, 
aren't necessarily horror, but they have elements of horror. We saw them as kids. We love them as children. And we, you know, we carry the flame for them now, you know, uh, a gateway horror, if you will, horror for kids, you know, um, at horror for kids on Twitter, actually follow them. They're delightful. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's kind of what we're, that's what we're talking about. So Today we have, again, the lovely Jackie, who uh, is a Ghostbusters aficionado. I think that's fair. <laughs> Given, do I uh... super, super fan? <laughs> I don't if know you... if I can tell you every detail, but do I watch it way too much? Can I say every line as I watch it? Annoyingly, yes, I can. Yeah. Per- that Awesome. Awesome. I love that. Um, it was funny. One of the things, there was a MTV article, 103 greatest lines from Ghostbusters. I'm like, is that just the whole script? <laughs> like 103 <laughs> lines? It's like, that's a lot. Um, but that's okay. We, you know, no judgment. Uh, anyways, but yes, this uh, delightful film, 1984, uh, you know, it's got, I mean, it's got everybody. It's again, another one of those, everybody's in this. Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Sigourney Weaver, Harold Ramis, Rick Moranis, um, uh, oh my gosh, I'm doing exactly what the Ghostbusters stuff does. They always leave him out. Um, Ernie Hudson. Shit, his name just left me. Ernie Hudson, <laughs> thank you. Oh my God. Uh, so Wow, Joshua. Wow. So racist. Um, anyways, er, yes, Ernie Hudson. Um, you know, Annie Potts, who I just love. Uh, yeah, I mean, so many people. Uh, also, my favorite name in this whole thing is Slavitsa Joven or Slavitsa Hoven, the uh, woman who plays uh, Gozer, um, although voiced by somebody called Patty Edwards, but still uh, Slavitsa. That's a great name. Uh, anyways, you know, it's about a you know, ragtag team of like scientists and, uh, you know, buddies who decide they're going to like fight paranormal activity. In 1984, New York. Joe, do you have a memory of ever seeing this for the first time? Yeah, I do, actually. Oh, okay, awesome. Um, Wonderful. Then that's where we'll start. I have a very clear memory, actually, of, <laughs> of seeing the Ghostbusters. So, um, like many kids who had, like many um, middle-class children who... Um, had multiple televisions in the house. Uh, there was one weekend that was like HBO free weekend. Um, and it happened to be in October. And so they were playing like different scary, quote unquote, scary movies. And um, I remember it was HBO free weekend. And I watched, um, I like came in uh, to Ghostbusters when like Rick Moranis is having his party. <laughs> He's like, he's like having the party. Like it's so it's like towards the, towards the end of the film. Right. And then I was, then I just, kept, I couldn't stop watching. Cause it was just like, you know, cutting back and forth and everything. And then there was like, you know, a little bit of sexy stuff uh, with Sigourney Weaver. And I just like, what the heck is going on? And then it was at the beginning of the weekend. And so I remember catching it from the beginning, like later that weekend. Um, and watching the whole thing. And I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. I have a nasty habit, or at least when I was a kid, I had a nasty habit of like turning the t- turning a movie on and coming in right when things are really good and then going back and watching it from the beginning much later and being like, oh, I'm so glad I came in because when I know it's good because otherwise it would I would have been bored to tears before that. And so... Um, not that this happened with Ghostbusters by any means, but just it was just one of those things where it's like it was just a pattern always coming in in the middle. Um, in medias res for people who are <laughs> in theater and literature. Uh, but yeah, uh, Ghostbusters. And it was it was a lot. Of, I remember thinking it was a lot of fun. I remember not being scared by it at all, but just thinking it was just this silly, goofy, fun time. And. And yeah, so that that's my that's my very clear memory of the first time I see I've seen Ghostbusters. I can never remember how old I was because all of that's just kind of a blur. But um, I remember sitting in like our the room that uh, my room and like it had a TV, and I was like in my bunk bed on the bottom bunk, and I had put like a bunch of stuff around to form like curtains and like watching the like had my own little cinematic viewing experience. Yeah, wow, that I'm was also surprised that. Go, uh, go ahead go ahead no i was gonna i was just gonna say i'm surprised that there weren't elements of it that scared you because i do think like you know some people remember seeing you know like some of the like the dead walking around and you know some of the the especially later in the film there's some like you know horrifying elements for like kids who may not yet have like a 
you know, a, a construct for that. So that's very interesting, Joe. You you continue to fascinate me. Well, know? that was like the weekend. Like that was the that that HBO free weekend. I also remember. I believe it was like watching Clue and watching Gattaca. <laughs> Gattaca oh, <wow>. was out. <laughs> Um, and, uh, the devil's advocate, <laughs> but like that one we watched with my parents. Um, and so like, I, I like walked in, I remember like they were watching it and I like walked in. I don't know if it was actually, I don't know if devil's advocate was a free weekend thing or if it was, um, if it was a rental from the, from our movie place. But I just remember walking in, in the, de- like them watching the devil's advocate. And it's when like Charlize Theron is in the church and she's like, all like cut up all over her naked body yeah. and remember thinking like what is going on i see breasts i need to leave um <laughs> i was like when you talk about watching it with your family i'm like really the devil's advocate was like guys sunday night movie we're Let's gonna watch, watch our sunday night advocate. movie um i mean you know we were a catholic household so you know we yeah. knew that right. the devil the devil couldn't get us um but yeah, to no so, one's <laughs> surprise my family did watch the devil's advocate together but uh, inten- <laughs> that was intentional <laughs> Um, <laughs> all right, Jackie, please, um, tell us about your experience with Ghostbusters, you know, cause I just love, I love, you've got all these, all the Funko pops and, you know, figures in the background here. I know again, visual media that, uh, podcasting is, although if you're following <laughs> us on Patreon, uh, you can see, uh, see our faces. Um, but, uh, yeah, but tell us, tell us the love of Ghostbusters. The love of So for <laughs> me, um, so when the original came out, I was just about turning three years old. So really no concept in the beginning. But luckily, um, I had an older brother who was six years older than me. So he was very much into Ghostbusters. Um, honestly, I think that I probably watched the real Ghostbusters cartoon before I actually saw the Ghostbusters movie. And then right around the time when Ghostbusters 2 was going to come out in theaters, my family, well, we're, you know, we're going to take a family trip. We're all going to go to the movies to see Ghostbusters 2. And I was like, okay, well, I want to see Ghostbusters 1. Um, So probably around the age of like seven, I think, um, I finally see the movie, love the movie. I had already loved the cartoon a whole bunch. And then we go see Ghostbusters 2 in the theater and like that just solidifies it between those three things. I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. And I actually I remember that watching Ghostbusters 2 in the movie theater. I don't even remember what part was happening, but, you know, my small child brain was just exploding because I'm watching cinematic masterpiece happen like on the screen ahead of me. And I turned to my mother. My mother is fast asleep. And I just remember (laughs) thinking like. I remember being in shock. I'm like, how are you missing this? This is exciting and loud and it's ghost. Pop. And she's fast asleep. And like skip forward to now. And though I'm not a parent, I have many friends that are parents that are like, you know what? You go to the movie theater. The kids are paying attention. It's dark. I'm taking five minutes to close my eyes. <laughs> like Now I get it. Now I get it that you've got, a you know, a mother of two kids. She's like, big one, watch the little one, little one, watch the big one. I'm closing my eyes for five seconds. But I just remember being like, how do you have your eyes closed? Like So insulted. (laughs) You are missing this. How are you missing this? But yes. um, So just just from there. And like I said, my brother loved it. And of course, growing up, um, anything that Brian loved, I loved. It was just instinct. If he liked it, well, then it's super cool. And I like it. Of course, I like Ghostbusters. But then it just carried on and. Again, the the cartoon I watched well into like its full run. I think it went to either 90 or 91. Um, mm-hmm. And toward the end, it kind of got a little bit weird because it became like Slimer and the real Ghostbusters. But like the first few seasons of the real Ghostbusters, like I, I would just I'd watch it, you know, every Saturday morning or after school or whenever it came on. But something just it just clicked. And for me, it really tapped into what what I liked about horror um, because it was, it was movies like Ghostbusters. It was movies like monster squad where it's like, that's the stuff I'm allowed to watch. Um, I technically kind of got Stockholm syndrome into horror movies again, because of my brother. He had a a big Freddy, he had a door sized Freddy Freddy Krueger poster on his door. And the way that my bed was and the way that our rooms were, I slept with my door open. So the last thing I saw before I went to sleep every night was this, 
outdoor size Freddy Krueger poster. Uh, and it was petrifying. And then it just stopped being scary. And then I'm like, well, now I want to see the movies. Uh, and while he showed me the original, everything else really, it was what's coming on on TV on a Sunday afternoon, like the heavily edited, edited things that showed up on cable. Mm -hmm. So that's where I saw all the franchise stuff. I saw Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th. And like, that was what I was allowed to consume. I had kind of strict parents with, if it's PG 13 and you're 12, you're not watching it. Oh, wow. So any, yeah. So any of that stuff, um, I don't know, like it just, I guess it started with things like Ghostbusters and Monster Squad. It started because it was funny. Mm -hmm. It was a little bit scary. And then I could kind of progress. I mean, it, I guess it's it's what the whole concept of this is, where it's like the starter stuff. Like this is where you start and you can build into loving yeah. the genre more and more. But it definitely, yeah, I, I think it, the the funny really helped with it wasn't, it wasn't so scary. And even at the parts where, okay, it's a little scary in the beginning with the library and turning into that purple spirit and, you know, gozers can be a little bit scary, but I can fall back on, well, Bill Murray is super funny. Dan Aykroyd mm -hmm. is super funny. I've loved, I've loved Egon from day one kind of thing. So it really just, it made it a lot easier to consume. Um, and then, yeah, it kind of just, it, I never stopped. I, I never stopped. And like I said, the, the sequel comes out and for me, the sequel, I love it, you know, almost as much as I love the original and, and I never stopped. And then again, they, the franchise, that's the franchise that has, I've probably spent the most money on as far as like merchandise and, and things like that. And, sure. and I'm also very lucky because my friends and family know how much I love Ghostbusters. So I am gifted many Ghostbuster things and posters and toys and cups and books. And if somebody socks, my, my niece and nephew got me a pack of like different pack of Ghostbuster socks. Like if you see the Ghostbusters emblem on it, sure. Yeah. No, I like it. Even, even if I have it, I'm like, sweet. Now I have two of them. So. Jackie, Aww. do you have like a full, do you have like full cosplay? Like, do you have like the jumpsuit and the energy pack and all of that? Oh, that's a cool question. I I don't. I have never done the cosplay thing. I have I have had the idea that I would I wanted to dress up like um Dana, like after she goes full Zool. Mm -hmm. Um yes. like that would be that would be kind of fun. Um, although it's one of those things where I'm like, I kind of want to like make the costume, like I kind of want to sew the costume because some of the things I've seen. I don't remember if Spirit Halloween has one or not, or if I had seen it on somewhere on Amazon, but it's like, I don't want to pay $75 for your cheaply made costume. Like I kind of want to like, I want to do it right. But I've, I, then I remember that I don't know how to use a sewing machine. So it always kind of holds <laughs> me back there. Um, but it's, it's one of those things that I would love to do. Like, I've, yeah. I've never, I've never owned a jumpsuit. I've never owned a proton pack. Like, I've never gone into the cosplay realm of, of my fandom. Sure. So like, you know, the conventions that I've been to, not even the horror ones, just like regular comic book, like regular, like San Diego Comic-Con, you see at least two to three Ghostbuster troops, like walking by. Um, my favorite so far was like, it was a family and like the kids were the kids were um, the Ghostbusters and then like dad was Slimer and mom was like the mar the Marshmallow Man. <laughs> I was, you know, because it's, you know, it's for the kids, but right. I just thought that it would be like, that's the one thing that sticks out with me because I also watched the cartoon. Um, I, I didn't like, you know, I wasn't an avid watcher of the cartoon, but when it was on, I would just, you know, watch it. And I always wanted... Um, the one like movie memorabilia thing. And I think like as people who love film, you know, we always have like that elusive prop that we would just love to have in our media room. Right. Mine would be, um, and please forgive me if I don't say what it is correctly, but it's the energy. It's the trap. It's the, yeah, the trap. The trap. Oh, yeah, Thank yeah. you. It's the trap that, yeah. cause I'm just like, I just think that that thing just looks so cool. It would be like the trap. And then like a couple other, um, a couple other fun movie things uh, like, you know, the <laughs> Winifred's book from uh, like Winifred's book from Hocus Pocus. Hocus but, Pocus, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But the trap I've always like wanted to have one or like have like Lego come out with 
uh, you know, like adult Lego version where you can make your own trap. Like that's that's what I really want. <laughs> I'm sure somebody's done that. I remember being a kid because definitely the real Ghostbusters. I, I remember that being on. I remember having uh, some toys from it, like some of the figures. We didn't have like the. Um, other kids, you know, uh, richer children, um, you know, or whatever parents, uh, you know, kids who had parents who really loved them, I guess. No, <laughs> had, um, <laughs> had like the, you know, they came out. I don't know if it was connected to the real Ghostbusters or if it was part of the first film or the second film, because I mean, this had to be the mid. Well, early 90s, 91, 92, 93, where they made, they had like the traps and the guns and the packs. They were toys, so they weren't like incredibly detailed. But I remember kids like playing Ghostbusters or we'd meet up with, you know, other, um, you know, children in the neighborhood who had those uh, things. And I remember it had, it was like one of those, um, the trap had a... uh, like a pressure, you know, like a air that yeah. you like step on it, it would pop open, you know, but it was like plastic tubing, you know, it was super cute. Um, but I, yeah, I remember people having those as, as kids, but I know you mean, Joe, you want like a screen accurate yeah like I, I mean like it doesn't have to be made of any like metal or anything but i want it to look <laughs> like i want like some prop person on etsy again right there with you Jackie with Etsy prop person on Etsy to do that like I have a whole idea of like the type like you know I love like movie swords right so uh, yeah. you know like someone putting like the Game of Thrones swords or like the Lord of the Rings type swords or even uh, to be quite honest even um uh the um the oh my god what's his name Kill Bill what's his name uh, the the Hattori Hanzo, yes, the Hattori Hanzo Kill Bill, um, Kill Bill sword, you know. So, but yeah, like Ghostbusters, uh, the trap has always been at the top of that list for me. I love that. So, I am curious just to talk a little bit about the you know the actual film. Um, I didn't. <laughs> there's a, a overthinking Ghostbusters. That's the there's a website uh, or a uh, I guess it's like a multi page like a research paper <laughs> by Adam uh, Bertocci uh, kind of covers all sorts of things, uh, you know, gender, religion, politics, uh, the hero's journey. Uh, there's another page on Schmoop Ghostbusters analysis that talks about order versus chaos and the church. And again, wow. the hero's journey, um, which I'm starting to think, Joe, we, you know, we really should have been just called overthinking horror. You know, it would have made our lives so much easier, like for this show. And then we could have just done, you know, overthinking Nightmare on Elm Street, overthinking the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We would have, we wouldn't have to worry about coming up with clever titles. Anyways, not the point. Um, my point was why Ghostbusters? Like what keeps you watching it again and again, Jackie? Cause okay, like full disclosure. And I'm pretty sure I've talked about this before in the past. And I think even we've discussed this. I didn't really get an appreciation for Ghostbusters until the Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, um, Kate McKinnon and um, um, Leslie Jones. Jones, Leslie Jones. Wow. It Joshua. was coming. Listen, first of all, it is, <laughs> wow. it is super this early. It is. Su- it was coming. I said, Jones, I knew it was there. Like, give me a second. Um, <laughs> again, Joe gets to be brain fried because he's his work's been busy. But, you know, the fact I've read like 5000 pages of very boring dry text this week, my brain is super fried. Here's Anyways, the thing. Leslie but- Jones, Leslie Jones, Leslie Jones. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Hold on. First of all, hashtag say their names. Uh, say their <laughs> say yes. their names. Um, and two, you get to be you get to live with the voice in your head that's reading this text. <laughs> I had to deal with like you know hundreds of people at my I work. Know, so I, know. I and, no, and you Joe, hate we all have it. You hard, hate Effie. people. Yes, we all we all <laughs> Effie. We all got pain. Is that what you're saying? Wow. Yes. Wow, Dream Girls. Wow. But I'm saying it to Do you remember me. their character names, me. Joshua, in Dream Girls? <laughs> Effie. <laughs> Effie's the star. Beyonce robbed Jennifer Hudson. I will continue to say that. They totally screwed over Effie's um I No, feel, but Jennifer Hudson wins the uh, Academy Award for that. As supporting and not oh. lead actress. 
Oh, well, that's okay. Well, Sorry, dream girls is Effie's story. Anyways, we can't have this conversation <laughs> again on this show, but it, not the point. The point is, is that I re like, I kind of fell in love with Ghostbusters after that. Cause like as a kid, like I remember being on, there were a lot of men in it, <laughs> which, you know, it's always going to be a problem for me. Um, but I love, you know, I think I really, I remember watching cause I loved little shop of horrors. And so Rick Moranis being, and it was a big draw, even though he plays like in the, I love in the eighties, Rick Moranis just played the same person in all his movies. <laughs> um, because yeah, like it's the same in ghostbusters and in, you know, um, honey, I shrunk the kids. Um, you know, so I got, you know, I bought, like, I got the Ghostbusters one and two little cool Blu-ray pack that they, that they released. I think I got this, I bought this, um, yeah, I think with the Blu-ray for the reboot. Um, so I know that breaks people's hearts and all of that. I remember seeing it like as a kid and like, yeah, I like the scary stuff and I love the, you know, the big creepy, you know, demon dogs and, you know, the voice, I love the voice of Gozer and um you know a lot of the stuff but it wasn't something that like i immediately like had like this lo- enduring love for so i'm just curious what keeps like you coming back to it jackie or like what about the story like resonates that just you know keeps you like yeah i love this movie i mean that's the like how i don't i don't know how to put that one into words like what, what that's makes, cool. you know it's like what makes it your it, it's I don't know. There's an element of, of comfort. Like that's, that's like the cozy blanket, cozy drink on a rainy day thing. Like I love that's that. just, that is just a, a comfort movie. There's something about, you know, thinking about it, like there's almost like, I don't know, maybe I'll, I'll throw this little narcissistic tidbit out of it. Like it's, it's, I, it's the thing where it's like, I watch Ghostbusters and there's, Ghostbusters is it's a little bit spooky it's funny it's it's lighthearted, and it's one of those things where it's like those are the elements that I want to take and like that that's me like yeah. I want to be spooky oh, wow. and funny yeah. and like lighthearted, and I I want to be that comfort like and I don't know maybe there's something about it and that's why I mean legit like I know oh that's movie my favorite movie like people say that's my favorite movie like legitimately Ghostbusters is my number one desert island all-time favorite movie. Like this is a movie that I could legitimately every other movie in the world disappears and I have this movie every day for the rest of my life. Perfectly fine. Like I am perfectly content if I can only watch one movie forever, it's going to be Ghostbusters. Um so yeah, this is just it's it's comfort, it's everything that I like in a movie. It's the qualities that like I truly and it's sad because like looking back now, Bill Murray's character of, of Venkman, he's he's such a dick. Yeah. Like, there's part of me that's like, like I remember being younger and being like, okay, I have to think of like funny things to say ahead of time. If the situation arises, like I'll have a funny quip, like Bill Murray had in the movie, you know, like I wanted to have have something happened where where someone will be kind of shitty to me and then walk away and I'll be like, I'm going to miss him. I'm going to send him flowers. Like I wanted, I wanted to have those moments where I could be Peter Venkman esque. Like I remember wanting to kind of emulate him. And again, you know, when you're a teenager, you don't realize what a douchebag he is, or maybe you do. And I'm just, I just thought he was super cool. And, and he's also Bill Murray and I grew up watching other Bill Murray movies. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was just like, I want to be, cool like him so that's a weird long roundabout way to explain why I like the movie um but I think I will go back to the key point of there's just something about like sitting down to watching that is me coming home and I know they say you can never go home again and that is true but this is the home that never changes so when things are chaotic when I just need Mm. comfort when I need that stable same and you know I go to Ghostbusters See, I love that. And, you know, and that's kind of the point of like doing this like series of of films is like, yeah, I'm not truly interested in like overcomplicating Ghostbusters or trying to have like, you know, what is the significance? I mean, obviously 1984, like the year it came out, that was very significant because of the Orwell book. There was a lot of people paying attention to like what kind of content we were creating. And, you know, this has a lot of tension in it about exactly, you know, what we were kind of talking about earlier, like politics and the church and belief and, you know, order versus chaos 
class and there are a lot of scenes where, you know, like, I think like, I mean, I'm horrified at the beginning with the library where like all the books are getting thrown around out of, I'm like, ah, you know, <laughs> and that just hints at all the chaos to come, you know, it's such a great um, foreshadowing, uh, you know, but yeah, I, I, I think the main point of this is like, yeah, why those of us who, you know, are big horror fans and, uh, you know, the people that we're, you know, interviewing and talking to throughout these, uh, this series of, of episodes, it's like, yeah, like we're, we're like our love of the spooky comes, you know, starts in like sort of these innocent places, you know, and in these, um, uh, you know, that it's just something I agree. Like, it's hard. Like when people ask me like when, about, you know, my love of like Beetlejuice or little shop of horrors, like, yeah, it is hard to exactly put into words, except exactly that. Like I'm having a shitty day and you know what I can count on that movie is going to just make me feel good, you mm-hmm. know, and I'll be able to quote it and say all the lines from it and laugh about it and like have a memory, have several memories. Cause I've got lots of parts of my life that, you know, are tied to, to watches of, 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 you know, some of these, uh, comfort watch kitty quote unquote gate gateway horror films. So, so I actually really, really, really love that you call it like you, like it's a home. That's, that's a really sweet and kind of profound thing that I think kind of can get missed in, you know, it's just a movie, (laughs) you know, but it's not, I mean, it's, you know, it's the way we survive so many things or the way we conjure memory or get in touch with, you know, the past in a way that is, so tangible so i really love that (laughs) and i like having these conversations because everybody you know has that kind of those sorts of vibes and feelings (laughs) um yay sorry that was really lovely so now i'm just like like warm fuzzies (laughs) for for like ghostbusters (laughs) um doesn't a ghost give somebody a blowjob in this movie just it's okay. it's okay. Dan, yeah. Dan Aykroyd fantasizes about the ghost blowjob, which uh, okay. completely went over my head as a kid. Yeah, I, I like, remember. Yeah, that yeah, one I, I didn't pick one. up on until I was a little bit older. Yeah, I saw it on TV and they always edited that out. Because again, I've got talked about before, like the movie matinee on Saturdays, you know, 12, mm-hmm. 2, and 4. And a lot of times Ghostbusters would get played in that. But it was edited to fucking back, you know? So like, I had no idea about that kind of stuff until I was much older and saw like a DVD copy. I was like, oh, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was just me trying to get away from that warm, fuzzy feeling because gross. Yeah. Um <laughs> Let's, let's keep it on brand. Let's keep it on brand. Dirty and racist. Let's yeah. keep it on brand. <laughs> oh, I know. Gosh, I'm going to have to have like a whole like therapy session. Like, am I a racist? <laughs> Fuck. Um, God damn, you know, and I love Leslie Jones. That's so sad. Anyways, not the point. Let's not, we're not going to get bogged down in that right now. You're not, <laughs> I'm not going to therapize my friends. That's not right. Um. I do, you know, this is another movie that could, I mean, possibly could have made me gay. I don't know. Um, you know, because Dana's like diaphanous, like fabric dress we were talking about earlier. I, it's, uh, I think that's where I get my love of that. <laughs> I love a floating kind of dress, you know. <laughs> just a swirl of fabric. It's just so lovely, Joe. Don't you agree? Yeah, you love anything where you like can a- like, you, can, you love anything where you can like, you know, Stevie Nicks twirl. To Rhiannon in the background. Exactly. Oh my gosh, that's exactly it. Shit. Maybe we did find my route. Now I can. Uh, now I can fix it. Right. Now I can go to conversion. No, I'm kidding. That's terrible <laughs> um, and gross. Um, all right. Well, any last thoughts on 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 Ghostbusters? Um, oh, actually, I did. I did want to ask Jackie what you thought of Afterlife because I know your opinion on the the reboot. But <laughs> I haven't <laughs> seen. I haven't seen Afterlife yet. So oh. okay, so you know well, we what? There's, there's, there's no spoilers here. Okay. Um, I will say that for someone that feels the way that I feel about the original Ghostbusters franchise, this was a big nostalgic hug. This mm. this I think was very much the love letter to the people like me, and it's it it had a ton of like, hey, remember this, and like. Oh, look at this little Easter egg Um, with a with a sweet story that I think is in line tone wise with the other films. Um, There are things that are 
predictable. I mean, it was, I, I am very lucky. Again, my friends know how I feel about this, that since the pandemic has started, I've been to the theater once and it was to see afterlife. And I haven't gone back since. Um, and not so much out of fear of anything. It's just, um, honestly, like the pandemic happened and I was like, Oh, I can just watch these movies on my couch. And I'm like, yeah, I'll be a homebody and just enjoy it from the comfort of my own home. Yeah. Um, have and watch really, parties and invite friends over. Yeah. You know? And, and yeah. honestly, like not too much has come out where I'm like, I have to see it instantly. Um, I'm perfectly cool avoiding spoilers on the internet and just waiting. And then, Oh look, it's streaming on one of the 10,000 streaming services that I have. And again, mm-hmm. then comfort of my own home to watch it. But this was the one that I said, that I wanted to go see it. And I, so many of my friends know how I feel about it. And it was, I think we ended up like almost an entire row of us. Like wow. I think there was like 12 or 13 of us that went, cause I literally said, guys, I'm going to see Ghostbusters in the movie. Does anybody want to come with? And so many of my friends chimed in with absolutely. And so yeah, oh. a shit ton of us went and I cried so many times. <laughs> Just, <laughs> Just from like, like, you know, sentimental moments that happen in the movie to just, I don't know, like just seeing it on screen and just having like, this is so hokey and I don't care, but like having essentially like another generation see my Ghostbusters. And I don't mean to make that like shade against the 2016 Ghostbusters, because I know that like so many people saw that and and did enjoy it and speaking to to marissa who has two young daughters like they got to see like the female ghostbusters was so empowering to them like they got to see role models in a franchise that they love you know that marissa had loved and so i i don't want to say that and take away from what that did oh yeah but but again this is that isn't a completely separate universe that ghostbusters really doesn't have anything to do with this ghostbusters which is one of my reasons why i avoided it i i don't i don't speak badly of it because i've never seen it so i'm not going to sit here and talk shit on a movie i've never seen i'm perfectly happy just having it live out there out of my existence but for afterlife just to have that experience with all of my friends it was very emotional and it was hysterical because I'm sitting there crying like nonstop. And the end, it, there's a very emotional moment. And, and Marissa teared up a bit. And what was funny was her her family was with us and her youngest kind of made fun of Marissa for crying, you know, at this movie. And then when the credits were rolling and everything, um, she was like, hey, I'm going to go down and see if Aunt Jackie's OK. She's been crying. And she literally came up and gave oh, me a big hug. Gosh. And Marissa was like, dude, like you made fun of me. She's like, yeah, but Aunt Jackie's crying. I'm going to go give Aunt Jackie a hug. <laughs> like, I mean, Marissa and I can say the same thing to her kids and they will roll their eyes at her, but high five me because that's what cool Aunt Jackie is for. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, um, I love that. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I enjoyed afterlife. Um, it wasn't the greatest thing. I, I wasn't expecting like to be swept off my feet by the movie, but I think yeah. it certainly delivered, like I said, he, so much nostalgia, so much of, Hey, remember this, mm-hmm. um, with a sweet story on top of it. So I was, yeah. I was, I left the theater happy. Um, I nitpicked a couple things that I, that would spoil it. So I'm not going to say anything, but honestly, again, I'm like, I'm, I'm okay. Because for the longest time they talked about a Ghostbusters part three. Right. And I was perfectly happy with one and two. And then mm-hmm. in the early two thousands, they came out with a Ghostbusters video game that was almost kind of slightly like a little bit of a part three. And I'm like, sure. that's all I need. Like I, I truly was like, my franchise can be one and two and that's it like i don't need any more like in my brain in part two they save new york city again and all is right with the world the end fade to black i'm the happy camper um i didn't need i truly didn't need afterlife i didn't need anything more but the fact that they gave it to me and it was it was a decent movie like i'm i'm okay with that Oh, I, I, I love that. I, I enjoyed it too. I thought it was a lot of fun, especially again, because I had sort of recontextualized Ghostbusters. Um, you know, Jeffrey loves Paul Rudd. So of course we had to see it because, you know, <laughs> the Rudd, the Rudd was in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I enjoyed it. And I think, yeah, I mean, as much as I really did enjoy the 2016 or 
whatever year that was, you know, the, 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 the female Ghostbusters, just cause I really love those actresses and I enjoyed it. I just, it never made sense to me that they didn't make like Kate McKinnon's character related to Spangler. Is that Egon, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or, or find a way to tie it in. It just, they could have really, you know, we talked about this with Matt Kelly when we discussed that way, way, way back in the day, you know, he had a great idea for how they could have like really easily improved, you know, and connected it to the main story. And maybe fans would have embraced it a little bit more, but, um, but again, you know, I love it because, you know, I'm a misandrist. So I love all the women that are in it. I love a women like fronted, like, you know, all of that, but yeah, to get back to, to afterlife, I, I thought it was a lot of fun and a really great follow-up for a franchise that I didn't love since I was a kid. You know, I had to kind of re-evaluate it as, you know, as an adult. And uh, so, yeah, I just, I found it delightful, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, and fun again, like it was like a, uh, like a fun ride. So I mean, it truly is like you, again, like you, you mentioned that overthinking ghost, but yeah, you can absolutely overthink ghostbusters. You can overthink anything. Oh yeah. You You can absolutely take it at face value and see what it is. It's, you know, like when original ghostbusters, you have scientists that have been kicked out of their university because of their theories and because of their, you know, what they're trying to prove and, and they're going to go into a ghost busting business. That's, that's pretty damn silly. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. one of those things where like, let's take it for what it is. Like here's, here's a bunch of, you know, 30 somethings going to go bust ghosts. They're going to go capture ghosts and put them yeah. in a containment unit. And But in the end they're right, you know? And so yeah. again, like they're, they're proven right throughout the, throughout the film and throughout the series. And you think about that now in our world where it's like, yeah, people that we have trusted for some reason all these years as scientists start telling us things, you know, that they're like, we should be worried about these things. These are true things that are coming. We're on the, you know, crux of an apocalypse. (laughs) And we're like, what do you know? Like, have you been on Google? I've been on Google. I've been in Reddit. I know the truth. And we're like throwing out these people, you know, for fear mongering or for like asking us to be a little bit more responsible with the way that we, you know, do things and we can't have it. So I feel like, you know, yeah, there's like real life, like in, even in Ghostbusters, which is, yeah, like what you're saying, like this kind of silly fun romp about, you know, scientists chasing ghosts, chasing, you know, things that they're trying to prove are real. Um, we see echoes of the world we live in even uh, uh, today, you know, from then and up till today. So it's kind of, yeah, there is, there is real meaning in, in what we make. So even if it's just a fun ghost movie, so Jackie, thank you so much. As always, you're such, uh, just such a pleasure. Always. <laughs> I do. You know, I keep saying, I've said it to everybody lately, like this fucking country is too damn big. Like I, you know, I hate that it's like a six hour flight to get over to see you. You know, I wish I could just hop in a car or hop on a bus or whatever and be there in an hour so I could visit. I just, I wish the, you know, we were a smaller landmass because <laughs> so many people I love live where you live instead of where I live. Yeah. Um, and I can't force you all to move here. Uh, so <laughs> Um, cause yeah, it's, that's, that's life. Um, but thank you so much for discussing Ghostbusters with us and sharing your love for it. Again, it just makes me, um, love it even more, you know, for, for somebody who did it, you know, for many, many years was like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> now I like really see like a whole new yeah. well, vision you know what? of it. Very, very recently, a couple of my friends, um, my, one of my, one of my friends, she had never seen one or two and my other friend had never seen two. And I was like, well, let's have a Ghostbusters day. Let's, let's watch it. And, you know, we sit down, we have a little mini movie marathon. We watch one and two and, you know, AJ turns to Jerry and he's like, so did you love it? And she's like, yeah, they were good. Like they were fun. And he's like, you're going to go break Jackie's heart. And I was like, look, I said, I never like me showing Ghostbusters. Anybody is never love what I love. It's here's one of my all time, like my all time favorite movie. Like, let me just share that with you. You don't have to love it. You don't even have to like it. Please just have the experience of me sharing my number one all time favorite movie, sharing it with you. Like, that's just let me just, this is an extension of my friendship. Here's a little movie love share this thing that I love. And, and yeah, like I said, whenever I show it to people, I don't expect anybody to feel about the way that I feel because everybody's different. And my history with it is different, but I'm like, just 
let me share this experience with you and let's have fun. And everybody I've done that with, nobody has disliked it happily. Everybody's just been like, that was fun, you know, a little bit dated, but that was fun. So that's really all I ever, I ever want. So like the fact that you like, you know, to, to watch it again. And I'm so, so thankful to to have me on and, and to talk about this and let me gush about the movie. So thank you both very much. Oh, I love that. And that's the thing. People learn stuff about us, you know, when they see, you know, it's like this, this allows you a little closer to me. You know, this is something I really love and cherish. And, you know, that's, that's the beauty of this. Ah, well, thank you so much. Again, that is Jersey Ghouls and you're at Jersey Ghouls on all the stuff, right? Twitter, yes. Instagram, all the things. Yep. And obviously wherever you find podcasts and then at the list we missed, is that also, or Same. is it just, yep. okay. uh, yeah. with the list we missed, we are on Facebook and Instagram as the list we missed. And the same thing with Jersey Ghouls and the list we missed your favorite podcasting app. You're going to find us there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you again for being here, Joe, as always my intrepid, um, you know, friend that I'm dragging along. <laughs> with this. Uh, Good night. Good night. Fright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davey Boy Productions. Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 